Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the 2012 film Byzantium. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do listen without having seen the film, just be aware there may be spoilers. Enjoy. Hello, it is a spooky time of year. It's the most spookiest time of the year. When the vampires bite in and werewolves are riding around on the moor. <laughs> what are the werewolves riding? Uh, like horses? <laughs> each other. They're a, they're a horny, horny race. All right. They're, uh, I d- rutting I didn't like realize. the literal man animals they are. I didn't realise we were here to talk about um, the Twilight Saga again. I haven't rewatched it in preparation, but I know you watch it every year. So. Uh, I watch it every week, my friend. Yeah, Give you have me... to get your weekly fix of Wolf Boys. I need Wolf Boys in my life every week. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but speaking of horny, there's no hornier um, villainous monster than the vampire. I think it's fair to say. Definitely. The vampire is the horniest creature in fiction and in real life, because vampires are real, right? <laughs> yeah, vampires are real. Everyone knows that. There's, so there's, so there is a grain of truth in the vampire legend, isn't there? Like, all of these kind of these kind of horror stuff, there, there's a root in real life somewhere, isn't there? Like, Dracula was a real Eastern European king who grew fangs and ate people or whatever you know <laughs> that, it was, that's that's the that's, that's the true that's how history. it happened <laughs> that's the true history um, that's how it happened <laughs> yeah yeah um what's interesting of course is the vampires you know sorry to sorry to be very serious on this podcast and talking about things but but the the idea of the vampire is worldwide folklore across cultures that rarely sort of met one another um, yes, you've got you've got sort of like going back to you know um, ancient Hebrew, Roman, ancient Greek, Mesopotamia. You had these sort of blood sucking demons, um, and then you had sort of like then more vampires coming up in like Russian folklore, Chinese folklore, Slavic folklore, um, until eventually you reached Anne Rice, who created yeah. <laughs> what we know <laughs> as the vampire. <laughs> God bless Anne Rice. Um, but yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing. And, you know, like I said, they're the horniest monster. And the reason we know all this, of course, is because of the film Interview with the Vampire, where someone was luckily able to interview a vampire. Yeah, that... The same isn't true of werewolves or ghosts or any of the other Halloween beasts because they just won't agree to an interview. No, exactly. You know, um, American Werewolf in London, they tried to get an interview, but the, the, the werewolf was like, no, leave me alone. I'm he was here. too busy seeing the sights. <laughs> too busy seeing the sights and having he was on sex, the London Eye having sex with his with his werewolf wife. Um, his werewife. His werewife. Yes, exactly. Have you seen Interview with the Vampire? Then no, I haven't. I think I'd enjoy it. You you would, and there is an obvious through row between that and this week's film, um, which is uh, both directed by Neil Jordan. And for me. Interview with the Vampire might be the quintessential vampire movie. 
Right. Um, it's possibly... I mean, th- th- there's vampire movies that I enjoy more, um, sort of, like the original Blade film from the 90s. Oh, yeah. Bradley Snipes is just spectacular. Um, and then you've got more sort of abstract artistic ones. Like, if, have you seen The Addiction? No. What's that that is a it's a 90s uh, very sort of gritty black and white vampire movie most renowned for the fact that um that Christopher Walken turns up right at the end being like the head vampire and basically going I'm a vampire <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's really interesting um using sort of uh ad- addiction as a as an like vampirism and, and addiction as two sort of like running strands through the plot um it's uh yeah it's an interesting movie um but yeah i think i think if you're looking at traditional this is a vampire that's been alive for hundreds of years and likes eating people um interview with the vampire is possibly the one that you turn to above any others um it's very right. good um tom cruise obviously did not know they were filming most of the time they just followed him around with a camera as he drank people's blood and laughed maniacally which um, is what he does generally <laughs> which, is, which is what he does um but yeah it's, it's a great movie you know tom but cruise enough is... about scientology <laughs> uh, tom tom cruise is incredible brad pitt's brad pitt is incredible um it's also got kirsten dunst as as a, yes. as a youngin um christian slater antonio banderas it's oh uh, that's got that's quite a few swashbuckle boys it's got a lot of swashbuckling going on in it um well potential for swashbuckling but not a lot of true swashbuckling it's it's more sort of dramatic in its approach subtle swashbuckling yeah but so since you've not seen it i would recommend um watching interview with the vampire at some point but as an as an introduction to to neil jordan's vampire movies what did you think of this week's film uh byzantium i i quite enjoyed it yeah i wasn't sure about it at first i think it took quite a while to get going but then by the end i was like okay this is good this is really satisfying but yeah i could tell i could tell that it was good but it didn't necessarily massively grab me but there were lots of things that i liked about it that makes sense yeah And and i think the sort of slow start i think is part of the issue um, with Byzantium, it's a very ambitious movie. Um, you know, it's it's Interview with the Vampire does a similar thing where it has these various different um, time periods and it hops between them and showcases the hi- this history of these these vampires, right? Um, and again, sort of goes into the morality around vampirism, how you can remain human and still be a vampire, all of that kind of stuff. It's yeah. a very interesting film because that's the stuff I find most interesting about vampires and most enjoyable about. Uh, the, the kind of intricacy of the human vampire interplay and eternal life and all that and this film took quite a while to get there and didn't spend enough time on it for me it spent a bit too much time of Gemma Arterton being a prostitute for my liking yeah but it was still enjoyable yeah I, I think there's there's I'm in two minds about that where I'm like okay this is a bit unnecessary but at the same time I like the fact that the vampire society is a bunch of incels in byzantium (laughs) um where there's this very strong and and 
and Neil Jordan's never been one to shy away from from societal commentary in his movies. Not always entirely successfully. Some of the time it's to do with you know the time period that he, that he did the movies in. Um, I don't know if you've seen any of any of Neil Jordan's other films. I, I'm looking at the filmography now, and I don't believe I have. I'm aware of um, the Crying Game. That's a very yeah. very important film, isn't it? Yeah. So 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 the Crying Game um, and Breakfast on Pluto, two two movies that um sort of discuss trans people not entirely yeah. successfully um but for the time period that they were made um both of them were more groundbreaking than 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 they are if you look back on them historically yeah um so so at the time you know is is this big representation but maybe not done in the way that would be most effective with, with Oh no hang on I've seen Michael Collins You've seen my you've seen Michael Collins Yeah I saw um, I saw him down the pub last week <laughs> tried to No say, the the tried film to say about the Easter maker. Rising Yeah with Liam yeah. Neeson it's very yeah. good It is good it is good I enjoy that one Um uh, and yeah so so he's he's done some very interesting movies and, and like i said some of them have been quite challenging like breakfast on pluto like the crying game where they try and tackle these these bigger topics not all of his movies do that he he did a, an incredible movie the other year called greta which is about a, a, a lonely old woman who befriends a young woman and then starts stalking her <laughs> And it's just like it's it's really really silly and over the top. It's a, it's a good sort of like psychological horror film, right? Um, with, with with Chloe Grace Moretz in it. Um, but but a lot of the time, you know, he does have these 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 wider societal issues that kind of come up in his films. And with this one, there there is this look at misogyny, isn't there? Where you've got this 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 huge um society well not huge but this very established society and structure of vampires but it completely ostracizes women yeah and so to survive um Gemma character you know this historic vampire very very powerful very strong character um returning to a a life of sex work that she doesn't necessarily want to do but sees it as a need to make ends meet and i think that's a sort of interesting idea of how the society that's around people for for these vampires to integrate they have to sort of return to these um expected structures um i think it maybe spent a bit too much time on it for my liking but i liked the idea that it didn't just have this oh great i'm a vampire so now i'm going to put on my my duster jacket and some leather trousers yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> and, li- and listen to trance music um i i like that it, it that it didn't have the the role of the vampire as being a complete utopia um where the only bad thing is that you're evil that, that yeah. there's these other issues that came up because of it um but yeah no, i i, I thought I that was really really good and really clever as a comment on misogyny as a whole kind of buried within this vampire film i thought that was really good and very important um, and I think as a concept, it's really, really good. It's just, yeah, bits and pieces of the ex- ex- the execution, like the film just sort of dragged in a few parts, but it's hard yeah, to say how you yeah. could have done it differently because it is a very strong concept. And and that's the thing, isn't it? I think I think you're right that it drags. This movie's pretty damn long. Is it over two hours? It's it's almost there. Yeah. It's not yeah. quite two hours, it, but it, it, it felt it, like it. It's pretty long and it does feel like it. It's a very sporadic dispersed movie where you get these really strong moments but then there's these less interesting parts and i think some of that was the modern day element i i I do like so 
so for people who haven't seen the film who are listening in um you've got the you've got Gemma Arterton and Shersha Ronan are a, a vampire mother and daughter um who are on the run from some sort of not entirely explained at the beginning forces that are hunting them um and they're chased um, by a, a Rutger Hauer looking man in, or she's chased by him in the beginning and then it's like very very suddenly decapitates him yes yes just uh just yeah cuts off his head which is a very very good scene it is it is a good scene i do like a good decapitation of a vampire it, it's, it's always very satisfying um but um but yeah so so they're on the run um and then it's about their sort of trying to find a new home when they've escaped from the the previous situation they were in so you've got Gemma Arterton um setting up a brothel essentially um by s- exploiting this 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 guy who's like ultimate wet milk and, and using his rundown hotel um, uh, as as a place to to start this brothel, and then Cher Sharonan um, joining up in a college and, um, and and revealing becoming... the vampire secret to everyone apropos of basically nothing because <laughs> she was bored. She was yeah. just like, I'm bored. I want to add a little bit of chaos into this He's situation. Like, I've had enough. I want to find out why I get to be a teenager forever. Yeah, exactly. So, so she befriends um, and is romantically involved with um, another another youngster um, who's played by Caleb Landry Jones. Who have you seen Caleb Landry Jones in other stuff before? I recognised his face, but I couldn't tell you from what. See, I'm I'm a big stan of of old Caleb. Um, he's in Get Out. Did you ever watch oh, Get yeah. Out? I've still not seen it. No, I've heard nothing but good it's, things. It's no, very it's very, very good important film um he's in one of the x-men movies he's in three billboards outside ebbing missouri um all three of them <laughs> all, all three of those billboards yeah he's a big big um billboard man he does he does have an uncredited role in super bad uh, party as well oh okay um so you've probably seen him in that um <laughs> and uh for me at least my favorite thing that he's been in um is a movie called antiviral which is um, a movie by Brandon Cronenberg, David Cronenberg's son, huh. um, which is a, a body horror exploration of celebrity obsession um, in a future where if you're that obsessive a celebrity, you can get the actual disease that a celebrity has, the actual virus that a celebrity has injected into you. So say Taylor Swift gets a cold, you can go out and buy exactly the same cold taken from Taylor Swift and have her cold. Uh, it's incredibly gross. <laughs> you've talked to me about this before yeah, it inc- sounds familiarly disgusting it's incredibly gross and incredibly well done um but yeah uh he, he's a very interesting actor he also does music as well he uh he 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 makes music um oh, he's right. a very very interesting person he's got a very interesting style of acting too I realised I'd seen him in. He's in the Social Network as a fraternity boy. I think that's where ah, I recognised his face go. from. You recognise him as a frat frat fella in the Social yep. Network. A guy who loves rowing. Probably <laughs> they, they all they all love rowing. Um, but yeah, he, he's an interesting actor, and and he strikes up this friendship and this relationship with Cher uh, Sharonan's character Eleanor Webb. Um, and um, it's a very odd, awkward sort of romantic relationship they're they're going to be one of those awful hipster couples you don't say a lot and then drink your blood um, yeah as as hipster couples do um <laughs> but um but yes he he's he's unwell 
and um and and she reveals to him that that she is a a vampire um because Cher Sharon and like I said just wants to introduce a little bit of chaos into the world and just be like screw it I'm yeah. I'm tired of of hiding who I am I want to tell people I'm a goddamn vampire um and well, not only tell people that I'm a vampire but give them like all of the historical detail about how vampirism happens yeah yeah exactly um just which, so I could get an A on my book report for Tom I, Hollander <laughs> I want Tom Hollander to appreciate my writing ability. I'm gonna, I'm gonna un, unveil the history of vampires. Um, which, to be fair, if Tom if he Hollander, was your teacher, you, you, you'd, you'd work you, hard. Yeah, you? you'd you want would to get that A. Hard. You would work hard. And I didn't feel for a lot of the deaths in this movie, but when Tom Hollander gets got, I do think, oh, Tom Hollander, you didn't deserve that. You were just trying no. to be a good teacher. Yeah, that's all the good teachers get. Murdered by Gemma Arterton. She's a very busy woman. Yeah, going around the country, just slitting throats of any teachers who care too much, and pushing wet milk men down down um, lift shafts. <laughs> down lift shafts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when that scuffle was happening, I was like, "He's going to die." Somehow. He's going to die. Isn't she's going to kill him accidentally. Yeah, somehow he's going to die. Um, and he does. And then he fell down the lift shaft and, um, and went splat. But but you you did mention um, unveiling the secrets of how vampirism happens. Did you like the the take on how vampires are made in this movie? Yes, that side of it I really really liked and thought was really clever. I liked the idea of going to the vampire island and bathing in the the waterfall of blood or whatever it was. That I quite liked and the whole idea of it being like a male cult was quite interesting as well. Again, I thought maybe actually it would have been more interesting to just like quite simply and straightforwardly explore that rather than to have all this kind of time period jumping. But I did enjoy the sort of we've moved to this seaside town element of it. Yeah, I I, I, I think it's really interesting. Um, I like it when vampire movies don't just tread the line of this is how you become a vampire or you've been bitten by a vampire or the vampires made you drink their blood and now you're a vampire. Yeah. Um, now you can't go out in sunlight. I like it when things mix it around a lot. So they go to this island. They go into this um, this cavern, and then a mirror image of themselves kills them, and they get reborn and bathe in these waterfalls of blood that burst out of the streams of this island. It's very visually compelling. Yeah, um, and, and they and, they always emphasize how you have to die. As, yes, as death. yeah. Um, and it, it it's it's very well done um i think you know it's 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 a really interesting take on it um and plus it, it provides for an excellent visual with you with them all bathing in that red waterfall yes because there's yeah. actually very little sort of horror imagery in this film isn't there it's a real less is more film from the actual point of view of how much actual vampirism they show on screen it's probably only like three minutes in total yeah yeah exactly you know there's the the there's very quick cuts away from from drinking blood um you know that there's a few scenes where where they feed but actually a lot of the time it's not it's not glorified in that way it's it's not a movie that revels in the bloodshed um in fact with Shersha Ronan's character she's almost there as like a a, a last rites person who who befriends and talks to um old people who are about to die and then 
as as their kind of <laughs> final sacrament drinks their blood until they die and it's it's a really yeah. it's a really weird but interesting and engaging way of looking at it as like is this what it means to be a moral vampire you know finding people who want to want to die who are at peace with the end of their lives and then using that as how you feed um whereas generally oh, it's, like, it's like humane feeding isn't it yeah like yeah. only eating a chicken if it's died of natural causes yeah or yeah exactly yeah, whereas right. um Gemaratitan then only feeds on bad people um yeah. and uses her her supernatural abilities to to kill badans and then drink their blood um so it's, yeah, it's, there's a it's good a, scene where she has sex with a guy on the beach, just like in plain, plain view of everyone, and just like kills him and drinks his blood right there. Which, to be fair, you know that happens all the time in Brighton. Yeah. Ah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, another knew, vampire murder. Brighton. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Brighton, the famous vampire town. <laughs> famous, yeah, famous vampire town, Brighton. Um, but it, yeah, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting sort of look at it, you know that that it doesn't have the same focus on the hunger behind it, which often comes with vampire movies, where it's like, you know, you you have your moral character, but then they get compelled to drink because they're um, because they're so hungry that they've got to break their 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 vows to to be. I mean, good. one of those films is even named after it, isn't it? The hunger. Well, yes, yeah, exactly. You know, that's so the one with David Bowie as a vampire, isn't it? That that's the one. Last yeah, year, where he he gets all old. Um, I actually really enjoyed that, which is good. Yeah, it is a good. Um, it is a good one. Um, it, it, in terms of where it was filmed, by the way, it wasn't Brighton, but it is near me. It is Hastings. Oh which yeah. If, you, if you've ever been to Hastings, you would definitely want to drink someone's blood after you've been there. <laughs> Um, I don't think having, I have ever having been played, to Hastings. Having played gigs in Hastings, it's 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 along the south coast, just a little bit along from like um, Lewis and Brighton. Um, but it's it's yeah, it's not the not the kind of place you'd necessarily deliberately go to for a night out, for instance. There was a big um, battle there, wasn't there? The Battle of Hastings. The Battle of Hastings, where William the Conqueror um, shot Harold with a BB gun. Yeah, um, it was nearly a thousand years ago, and it's all been downhill for Hastings since. <laughs> yeah, it, it's one of those towns where it's like it, it has a worse reputation than it is. Um, yeah, but but it's still not you know it, it's not somewhere that you'd necessarily want to go out of your way to go and visit necessarily. Um, but um, but yeah, I, I did like that there was this you know seaside town element to it, um, which again sort of feeds into um sort the, the sort of societal decay because obviously in the, in this country a lot of seaside towns um have been you know disintegrating a little bit in terms of their um their economies particularly after covid you know you've had all of these yeah. towns that used to be uh holiday resorts um slowly slowly winding up and, and trying to keep going in in the face of their not not being able to get anyone to come and visit and um you know it's it's quite interesting this movie came out about 10 years ago now but that kind of decay in the seaside towns feels very very prescient um yeah definitely in a similar Most of them, to, they're never as bad as they're made out to be but it's still that whole kind of faded seaside glamour mm, definitely is a real mm. thing my mum lives near bognor regis and we go there quite a lot and there's bits of it that are really nice but there's still like you know you don't have to go that far to find a ruined ravaged hotel yeah yeah exactly that looks, exactly. looks haunted 
<laughs> no, for, for sure, exactly. You know, uh, Bogner's a perfect example of it. And um, I don't know if you've have you seen Saint Maud? No, um, you recommended that to me. Yeah, it's a recently it's an interesting horror movie from last year. Um, or maybe the God was it the year before now? Jesus, some something either last year or the year before. Um, and and again, that's on a that's on a seaside town as well. And I I think there's something about those locations that works really well as a horror setting. Um, between the sort of like you said, the faded glamour, the isolation being cut off in one direction towards the sea as well. Yeah, um, and but then, even if you look at Dracula as that kind of almost prototypical vampire story, he's a sort of faded old aristocrat, isn't he? Mm, mm. And it's all the idea of decay and the decaying body. And, you know, vampirism is sometimes shown as decaying bodies decaying and sometimes not. Sometimes they focus more on the undead aspect and sometimes they don't. But to have that almost, it's almost like it, the background provides the undead here. The setting provides the undead idea rather than the characters themselves. Yes. And I like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it's, it's, it's a very well-structured, very well-crafted film in that way, where it does have these elements that it all ties together quite well. Um, so it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting movie. Um, and like you said, not all of it works. It does feel quite, um, quite meandering at times. Yeah, I found at first I found the flashback stuff a bit confusing, and maybe I wasn't paying attention because I was thinking about other vampires. But like uh, the first time they go to the seaside town, it's like we've been here before, and she looks and sees like a, a procession of people walking along the beach, and it's like she's one of them. It looks like she's looking at herself, and you're like, "Is this a flashback? Is it not?" Mm, yeah, yeah, and that kind of. And that kind of sets this blend in motion, doesn't it? Which which the rest of the movie doesn't do. It doesn't really blend the rest, the sort of historical parts and the modern day parts. It often then you'll have a little bit of a, a voiceover as it introduces a, a historical element. Um, so yeah, so I can understand the confusion there because they don't really repeat that trick again <laughs> um, throughout the rest of the movie, whereas it's a lot cleaner cut the rest of the time. Um, but but I enjoyed the historical moments, and th- and that's something that's similar with Interview with the Vampire, where that does the same thing, where it 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 goes through the historical story of these characters. Um, but this is a bit more sporadic in its approach. Um, but but I like the way that it set up this this societal structure to the vampires. Um, yeah, and it did it in such a horrible way. <laughs> You, like I said, you've got these, you've got these horrible incel weirdos, um, who 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 are sort of like the guardians of only men can create more vampires. We don't like the women folk being vampires. Yes, <laughs> which is really odd. It is, yeah. It's it's a really strange setup, but again, you know, it ties into so much of you know the 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 sort of. Um, restrictions placed on women and this is a this is a movie about misogyny isn't it really at its core um it just explores it through people who live forever and drink people's blood yeah the the conservative party (laughs) yeah they just they just seem to carry on forever don't they there's no end to them (laughs) exactly exactly um but you've um you've got some interesting characters in there particularly you've got um 
two two actors that I like a lot. You've got uh, Sam Riley and Johnny Lee Miller. Mm. These two, these two, um, you know, ar- aristocratic soldier sorts from back in the day who then discover vampirism. Um, but uh, but yeah, and, and they go down these very different paths. But I I, I found the complexity, particularly around Sam Riley's character. Um, quite interesting where he's the one who sort of introduces Gemma Arterton's character to what being a vampire is. She then uses that information, not necessarily in the way that he was expecting it to happen. Um, and But then he, he has this conflict in his life and it's, yeah, it's, it's interestingly done. I yeah, definitely. And I, I think the, the characterization and the performances are ultimately what carry this film, even though the concept is really good and actually it's, it, the end the end of it is very very good as well it concludes very satisfyingly for me it was the performances that carried it i thought every performance was outstanding yeah yeah no i'd agree 100 percent with that i think um you know the the performances are really great and varied and and there's a complexity and a vulnerability to all of these characters um but I'd say they are certainly stronger than the the plot, where the plot feels quite loose. It seems it and comes together a lot more to right at the end, doesn't it? Yeah. When all yeah. the when the, the historical vampire misogynists appear, and suddenly it's like, hey, we're here, time to suck your blood or whatever. And then there's <laughs> there's some fighting and stuff, and then it suddenly ends. And you're like, oh, it was all kind of leading up to that, really, wasn't it? It's like suddenly becomes a thriller for five minutes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's, it's, um, at the end, it all becomes more cohesive. And, you know, you understand that what that build up was for with all the historical elements. But I'm not sure whether it entirely works. No, but because you're really invested in the characters, then you, it does feel satisfying, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I think yeah. You, you, Johnny Lee Miller was in a film called Dracula Two Thousand. What is this? <laughs> have you heard of this? I have heard of it. I've not seen. That it. sounds like a shit piece. Yeah, I've heard it is. Oh, Wes Craven, um, executive producer, starring Gerard Butler. Yeah, Gerard Butler. I think is isn't he Dracula? I think probably. Um, and the, the most seductive evil of all time has now been unleashed in ours. That doesn't. Um, Oh, in our time, I see. In our right, time, yeah. That is a really poorly written slogan. Jeez. <laughs> um. Yeah. So Jerry Butler is uh, Dracula, and then Christopher Plummer is is old man Van Helsing. Um. It's uh. Yeah. I've I've not watched it, but I've heard it is it is a bit of a shit piece. So maybe at some point we should we should dig it out and see Cast. how we get on. Gerard Butler as Count Dracula slash Judas Iscariot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sold already. I'm in. I'm, I'm so I'm sold already on that. that Do you remember, incredible. like around the time of the year 2000, there was a bit of a fad for putting 2000 on things, wasn't there? There was to sort yeah. of denote the new millennium. I think that came from vampires because vampires have been around a long time. If some of them had lived for thousands of years, they'd have been keen to emphasize that fact, right? Oh yeah, exactly. They're like, oh yeah, I want to, I want to do that. Um. <laughs> Like you know, when in Photoshop you go to you go to save a file as a JPEG, and there's an option for JPEG two thousand. That's for vampires. <laughs> that's that's the vampire option. Is what is JPEG two thousand? Is that I've just the no old f- format? Idea. The old format JPEG file. 
I reckon it was a, a, a format that they made around around the year 2000 where it was supposed to be some better format that didn't really take off. It's even, like the mini disc player of file file extensions. Even even Photoshop was getting in on putting 2000 at the end of things. Yeah. I'm now searching what is JPEG 2000. <laughs> Maybe that's actually what NFTs are. <laughs> it is. Um, ah, here we go. JPEG 2000, the better alternative to JPEG that never made it big. I think you might Did be Did a right. JPEG 2000 write this? <laughs> it was written by a Mr. Jonathan Pegg 2000. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> um, so apparently, welcome to the JPEG 2000 cast, everybody. Welcome to We Love JPEGs cast. Um, we're going to bring you hot news on all the hot new NFTs you can get scammed out of your money by if you're an idiot <laughs> so jpeg 2000 apparently had a better image uh image solution um better compression overall image quality um however yeah clearly it never never uh, never picked up because obviously jpeg is the the shittiest of the the image choices I say that uh, as, a, as an expert in the field, but you always notice weird sort of compression issues with JPEG um, that you don't get with PNG, for instance. Um, so I guess maybe that's what JPEG 2000 was meant to resolve, but everyone was like, no, I don't want that. I was like, who I, I cares, saw, mate? I saw Dracula 2000. That was shit. Surely JPEG <laughs> 2000 is also shit. <laughs> yeah, the link between the two is obvious, and it's a low-resolution pixelated picture of Gerard Butler with facts. <laughs> Every everything you export as JPEG two thousand has a Jared Butler somewhere on the image. <laughs> it's like where's Wally? You've got to find Jared Butler in the in the image. Yeah, um. <laughs> Dracula two thousand soundtrack. The film's rock and metal soundtrack includes Power Power Man five thousand song Ultra Mega, Linkin Park song One Step Closer, System of a Down's cover of Berlin's The Metro, and Disturbed's song A Welcome Burden, among others. That's amazing. That actually sounds good. We've got Slayer, Disturbed, yeah, Power Man 5000, System of a Down, Monster Magnet, Godhead, Linkin <laughs> Godhead. Park, Pantera, Static X, Head PE, uh, Taproot, oh, a, tap band, root. a band called Flybanger. Who the hell are <laughs> Flybanger? Didn't tap, was it Taproot who turned out to be anti-vaxxers and got banned from Twitter? Or was no. that... No, that was... Um, Similar new metal band with a shit name. Yeah, Tap Taproot were kind of interesting. They were always quite odd, and um, and did some some the occasional weird stuff with their with their music. It was um ah oh, what were they what were they called? I know who it is in my head. I just can't remember the name. They they literally only had one song and it was awful. It was all <laughs> that's my <laughs> that's my every new metal song. Yeah. Trapped. Um, trapped. That's T R A P T. Headstrong. Headstrong by Trapped. Um truly awful band. Yeah. Um, truly is, awful people. That's a bad name even by new metal standards. <laughs> I mean that that that's possibly worse than Flybanger. I I've quite never, like Flybanger. I've never heard of <laughs> Flybanger kind of before. It looks like they 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 changed no, they they started out as a band called Jar, and then they changed their name to Flybanger, 
and then it looks like they changed their name to Jar again afterwards. Oh, okay. They released one album under Flybanger called Head Trip to Nowhere. <laughs> that sounds like a, an album your high school band put out. <laughs> I'm I mean, going, you in the, the general sense, not you specifically, not, not but also specifically. you specifically. <laughs> I'm I'm going to find this head trip to nowhere album. Give it a listen. I've never heard of of it. Um, but yeah, what is what was it with vampires and new metal? Yeah, there was there were quite a lot of like new metal vampire videos, weren't there? But it all sort of by the time Twilight was being made, it had all tailed off, which was a shame. Yeah, because you also had Queen of the Damned, if you remember. Oh yeah. Um, which which the soundtrack to that was made by Jonathan Davis from Corn. Yes. Um and that's a truly terrible movie where where um because <laughs> cause that's a sequel to uh Interview with the Vampire, you know. Is it? It is, yeah. Vampire or, um, is... source text wise, you mean? Is it based on a Anne Rice book? Yeah, it is. Oh, I did um, not know and, that. And, and and I think the movie is sort of meant to be a sequel to the to the um to the to the first film it's extremely bad it's very bad um uh and what happens is that lestat (laughs) he he wakes up from from being a vampire and having a snooze uh and he can hear this rock band playing he then kills their singer and takes over as their singer and then he becomes an international superstar of a new metal band that sounds incredibly faithful to the source text (laughs) it's it's so it's so awful um it's 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 a really bad film uh partially saved by um alia who who's in it as this other uh vampiric character and she's actually really good and really in engaging um and um but yeah it's a, a truly terrible movie that we should watch at some point i would um, love to watch that but what's interesting is that uh, when people ask me what my favourite kind of music is, if they're someone I know well, I don't put out the usual, oh, you know, I, I like a lot of everything, which is true, I do like a lot of everything. But if it's someone I know, the, the correct answer to what's my favourite kind of music is music that sounds like a vampire could fuck to it, which <laughs> covers... You just show them a picture of Jonathan Davis singing into his tip microphone. <laughs> which which that which really doesn't cover new metal i can't imagine a vampire having sexy sex to to call no. you know but you know you've got stuff like industrial like trip hop like dark wave um like dark folk all of that kind of stuff are, are things that i really enjoy and every one of those genres vampires can fuck to it you yep. know and that's why i found it so in- interesting actually that you've got all of these <laughs> you had that little window of time where new metal and vampires intertwined but new metal is possibly the least sexy music apart from country music <laughs> i don't know what you mean <laughs> i'll send you a picture of john denver later and you will change your mind because yeah you can't imagine you know bless dolly parton dolly parton is an international institution one of the best human beings ever you can't imagine a vampire fucking to her music can you no i'm afraid not it's jolene maybe 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 um but um jolene 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 i'm begging of you please don't suck my blood (laughs) i was gonna go eat my man at the end there (laughs) instead that's much better (laughs) please don't eat him just because you can (laughs) exactly you know maybe that's those are the original lyrics you never know um but going back to Byzantium, um, 
yeah it, it it but it does have that kind of sexual element to it obviously you mm. know, there's, a, there's a lot of of sexually charged and 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 sexual intercourse stuff going on which i think you do sort of need in a vampire movie you know it's such a quintessential part of what what a vampire is yeah um, but interestingly the child born of sex between a vampire and a human isn't necessarily a vampire is it it's a dampier. no no uh, it's a it's a a, a, a vampette yeah <laughs> <laughs> a vampoodle a va- <laughs> vampoodle exactly yeah um but uh but yeah it's it's uh but again it's interesting in the way that it shows those dynamics it does it in a way that's slightly different obviously vam- vampire stories love having a we must kill the unclean thing going on um that happens that happens quite a lot but the way that it does it in this one is is fairly interesting yeah you you see a fair amount of um Gemma Arterton doing prostitution stuff but she that there are times at which you f- you feel like her performance makes you think she's enjoying it and it's sort of it's it's letting it enjoy the sexualized aspect of it whilst never straying from the fact that she has to do it because they've they've been forced into it by circumstance by the the decay of things yeah yeah i think that's right and i i, I think you know i i don't necessarily think the movie is entirely successful in in navigating that very difficult space when it comes to sex work and it comes to um you know misogyny i don't think it no it quite manages it it tries i don't think it's trying to be a comment on sex work specifically otherwise it would have done things differently but the the way it's used ties in well to the overall vampire structure yeah yeah it 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 does sort of combine the two I, i i think yeah, it's not quite successful in it, and I think these are the kind of subjects that you need to handle very carefully if you're going to do them. And I don't think it's it's a little bit too heavy-handed with it. But yeah, again, it's 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 still challenging in a way. Yeah, definitely, it is a challenging film. I think yeah. you know, I I don't think I'll be watching it again anytime soon. But I would actually enjoy watching it again with a bit more knowledge of of it and trying to find that deeper meaning in it. You feel like there are layers to it, certainly. Yeah, there there certainly are, and you know, this is a movie I've watched a few times. It, it, it's not something that comes up every year that I've got to watch in Halloween, but I've watched it a few times since it came out, and it is interesting. And each time you watch it, something interesting takes your eye or makes you think. Um, and um, I, I I appreciate a horror movie that makes you do that. Yeah, and it, it is ambitious, as you said, and I I always will really really appreciate ambition in a film, especially a horror film of which there are. So many which have little to no ambition. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Um, of which there's been some good ones that have popped up recently. Um, oh, yeah? And, uh, yeah, so I watched a movie called... Um, oh, shit, what was it called? I can't even remember its Dracula name. 2000. <laughs> I wish it was Dracula <laughs> to, to, to 2000. Um, uh <laughs> God, I can't even remember his name. It's a it's a Blumhouse production, um, and I thoroughly enjoyed it, even though it was it was it was not good at all. Um, uh, and um, essentially, it was uh, about a an old people's home um, where um, where this this woman get gets put in the home, um, and it turns out that there's a bunch of weird stuff going on and it's like is it a spooky monster is it evil 
orderlies at the at the at the old people's home or is it something else um and it was really enjoyable it's not an intelligent movie at all <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying to find a list of 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 blumhouse productions uh so i can actually find out what it was called because they they churn stuff out all the time blumhouse i've got it open here is it the manor that is it it's the manor yeah. thank you i knew it was the something i was like is it the hotel the, <laughs> the, the hotel house? the guest house the yeah. thing the shed <laughs> exactly <laughs> the shed um yeah the manor um and there there was things about it that i really enjoyed one of which was that it was a film about old people and it didn't show them as being fuddy-duddy or being weak which are often what horror movies do um instead there was old people in this movie who had personality and drive of their own and i thought that was really interesting that you had you know the the these leads who are who are elderly um i i I really enjoyed that and also the sort of main key relationship is between a grandmother and her grandson Mm. um which is which is a nice take on horror movies that you rarely see And, and yeah it was a bit of a shit piece it 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 didn't have anything particularly interesting to say but um it was fun <laughs> so if you want a fun movie that you will literally forget the name of immediately after watching <laughs> it then uh that, that that's a good one to pick um, up on, on Prime. films are for you surely <laughs> <laughs> i mean Bl- blumhouse is an interesting company because some of the stuff they do is is truly fantastic um but what they do is they're very cleverly run in that a lot of their the vast majority of their movies cost very little to make right um, you know horror movies have always relied on having low budgets and being able to get the most out of that budget and and blumhouse is is perfect at that so although they do they do big movies um you know every so often you know like the halloween movies the halloween kills yeah. this year um and, and they had halloween a couple of years ago uh get out as well for instance the insidious films oh they did black clansman yes yeah they do production as well um and so so they have their their they do an awful lot of of horror and that's the ones that they really have a a a focus on um but then yeah uh, they do sort of like the more sort of distribution and things like that for other other um uh, other kinds of movies here and there um but yeah what they do is they 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 work on a tight budget and they'll release things that are maybe less complex to put it diplomatically (laughs) (laughs) but but generally are still enjoyable um and and that's where sort of the manner falls into it you know halloween kills clearly is going to have cost a lot of money and they'll have offset that by making movies like the manor like like madres which has also come out which i haven't had a chance to watch yet like bingo hell <laughs> which bingo is, hell. is legitimately the name of a movie of theirs that i saw pop up on 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 amazon prime as well um and so it's it's yeah they're they're an interesting and well-run company um and i think they've got um they've got the exorcist rights now i think oh really yeah um so god knows when that's going to come out but i think it was announced earlier this year that um that they're going to be doing uh the next exorcist movie which could be interesting to see yeah. see how they get on with that there are, i've never seen any of the sequels but there are a bunch of them aren't there yeah they're generally quite bad <laughs> the the first exorcist is 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 you know is a very good movie 
yeah. um you know it it might feel a little bit tame in comparison to um to uh to to modern movies but they've still got a very good build up and it set this template for those kind of possession films yeah um in general um i think the religious aspect of it is very interesting yes yeah definitely definitely um and then um but but some of them are are quite good so so um one movie that i've been meaning to watch is is william peter blatty who 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 did the the novel the exorcist he did a movie called the ninth configuration which has come up on amazon now as well actually um and apparently is a very interesting movie that sort of starts off almost like a farcical comedy but slowly becomes more of a horror movie as it goes on all right um which sounds very interesting but then he also did exorcist 3 which is legitimately quite good (laughs) whereas exorcist 2 is one of the most boring movies i've ever seen in my life (laughs) um and then they did a load of prequels and further sequels and things like that which are all terrible so hopefully fingers crossed blumhouse will be able to get things sort of um back on track with that one cool so where where do you think um where do you think byzantium stands in comparison to other vampire movies in terms of your favorite vampire movies where where would you put it well it doesn't have michael sheen laughing maniacally on a balcony (laughs) or whatever so you know it's below twilight i think let's see i it's probably better i'd put it maybe just above something like only lovers left alive which i did Mm. really enjoy but is also like really ridiculous and pretentious um maybe slightly below the hunger which i felt was just a bit more gripping and had a a bit more of a tight plot but i'd say this is still pretty good as as vampire films go um do you yeah where would you place it in your list yeah, so I mean, I'm I'm a big fan of of vampire movies in general. Um, you know, I, 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 if it's got vampires in it, I'm generally oh, I'm below um, Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula, obviously, because it doesn't have <laughs> yeah. Gary Oldman with his heart shaped hair going woo. I mean, I that that's probably my second favorite vampire movie of all time, behind Interview with the Vampire. I'm not, I'm not even kidding. No, me. it genuinely I, is great. I love I love that film. Um, but then you've got, yeah, films like Let the Right One In, which is very interesting. I don't know if you've seen I that. don't think I've seen that one, no. The Swedish, um, very, very different vampire movie. I don't um, think I've ever seen a Swedish film I didn't like. Oh, well, there we go. Um, and then, you know, you, you've got other movies like Carmilla, uh, which came out last year, which is a very oh, yeah. engaging, um, again, low-key low um, vampire movie about what's claimed to be the the first vampire novella it is before it predates dracula um, predate, doesn't predates, it? Yeah. yeah predates dracula it's a very interesting story and the, the the movie that got made of it um extremely low budget um made by you know a, a filmmaker actually made in sussex i think oh cool um that sounds really good it's a, it's a really interesting film and i think yeah next year it's one that maybe we could we could watch for the podcast yeah and um, Carmilla also appears in a lot of the Castlevania games as a boss. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Actually, in Circle of the Moon, it's actually her castle, and she's like the one who's resurrecting Dracula, so you have to kill her to get to Dracula. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That is cool. 
um but yeah in comparison to other movies like that i think you know in in terms of movies that set out their own vampire lore i think this is a very good one um yeah the lore side of it i think is really really strong and really really engaging yeah yeah um obviously it's got nothing on underworld and the five underworld sequels i've seen the first one i think and i did think it was ridiculous but i love kate beckinsale (laughs) she is she is wonderful literally every underworld movie is exactly the same (laughs) if you've watched one if you've watched underworld you've watched underworld rise of the lichens you've watched underworld awakening you've watched underworld i can't remember the names of the other ones but other (laughs) other insipid names um rise of the lichens just sounds like a problem for a gardener (laughs) are the lichens coming up god's sake um (laughs) yeah so but yeah i i I do like i do like um byzantium i think it's an interesting film and it's better than something like van helsing there were a bunch of films like that in the sort of mid 2000s weren't there where it was all underworld and van helsing a bunch of like high budget just like really floppy rubbish vampire films I mean, I, I I love Van Helsing. I won't hear a bad word about Van Helsing. What, what what do you want in your in your vampire movie about Van Helsing? You also want um, Frankenstein's monster, yeah, and and the Wolfman and whatever else they decided to just throw into it. <laughs> um, uh, uh, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, I think, turn up. Yeah, they do. Yeah, as well. Um, and of course, it was directed by Stephen Sommers, who did The Mummy and The Mummy Returns. Oh, really? So, um, oh, I yeah. never made that connection. So uh, that's why that movie feels kind of like a mummy movie, but with vampires in it. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. I, I, I do love, I do love Van Helsing. Got, got plenty of time for it. Um, no, I do <laughs> appreciate the sort of throwing in whatever horror, horror beasts from history, historical stuff and literature you can just throw them all in there because that's that's the castlevania <laughs> model and i appreciate yeah, just chuck, that chuck them all in see yeah. what works and what doesn't um but anyway have you, have you got anything else you want to say about um about byzantium um no just that tom hollander is very very good and when he showed up you're yeah. like oh it's it's tom hollander love him um and yeah just that all the performances were really really good and really carried it for me and I think a lot of it was very, very well put together. It was just, yeah, sort of dragged a little bit. Maybe some of the scenes were a bit too long. I think that's yeah. often the problem. Yeah. When I say that a film drags and I can't put my finger on it, it's usually because the scenes go on too long. Yeah, I, I, I'd agree as well. I think, you know, it's it it's a bit it's a bit meandering at times and a lot of that comes down to scenes that are just a little bit too long. Yeah. But I really, really appreciate how ambitious it is and how complex it is. And, you know, those are things I really, really appreciate in a film and things that make it well worth your time, I would yeah, say. Yeah, It's definitely no, really, really worth watching. Yeah, 100%. I think, you know, if, if you like things that are a more interesting take on vampires and create their own sort of universe, um, it's, uh, it, yeah, it, it does that well. Um, so just a little bit of, a little bit of trivia for you so the ancient shrine um was was filmed in Skellig Michael off oh, the right. Irish coast this is, you know lots of Irish involvement in this movie Well, they also um, filmed um Luke Skywalker being a yeah, dickhead in the Exactly where Luke Skywalker drank blue milk from a weird alien teat yeah. in uh, in um <laughs> in 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 the last jedi um yeah so the same place as that um 
to make us all feel old, Shersha Ronan was born the same year that Interview with the Vampire came out. Right. And uh, and of course, I, I don't know if you if you caught it, but uh, Gemma Arterton's character goes under the alias Carmilla. Um, yes. At some point, which again is a, a little nod to the to the novella. Um, yeah, I appreciated so, um, that. Yeah, this this uh, this this movie knows its um, knows its vampire stuff. It's good. I enjoyed it. So so how are we gonna how are we gonna rank this one? Uh, let's see. How many how many rooms are there in your vampire brothel on the seafront? So I've got a a, a decent sized vampire hotel. Um, it's got a uh, fourteen fourteen rooms. Yeah, I'd I'd say that's fair. Maybe I'll just go one lower and give a thirteen. Thirteen. One of one of the rooms in my brothel is occupied. <laughs> it's got a very sad man in it. Dracula's crying. in there. <laughs> Dracula's just crying on his own. He's sitting in there going, what is a man? <laughs> <laughs> a miserable pile of secrets. Which apparently that's actually a quote from some old English poem. Nah. <laughs> I, I refuse to believe it. <laughs> I, 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 what is JPEG 2000? <laughs> a miserable pile of secrets. <laughs> well, yeah, as it turns out. <laughs> Um, the secret anyway. is compression. Genuinely, though, it's my dream to make a movie of Symphony of the Night because, and actually, there is a, enough of a story that you could make it work. Because if you do, if you use that and the events of Rondo of Blood, which is the prequel, which only ever came out in Japan, um, but like, if you tie all those events together, you could actually make a really good story and a really good film. So when I eventually get like really famous off the back of other stuff, that's what I'm going to do. And you could save money by, for the second half of it, just playing the same movie again, but upside down. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's yeah. a video game joke, people. It gets 45 minutes in, <laughs> suddenly. <laughs> yeah. You're like, no, it gets an hour in and you think it's the end of the movie and then suddenly there's a whole other movie. <laughs> um, there, there was, though, welcome to the Castlevania cast. I thought that, the Ronda of Blood sort of got released. Well, yeah, there's as... been like remakes of it. So Dracula X, which came out for the SNES yeah, a couple of years later, very, is a really bad good, remake yeah, of it. Yeah, and not very good version of it that came out for the SNES. Yeah. Which often happens. SNES versions of games often were a bit chunky. Um, um, and then, uh, yeah, has it, has it had a release? So it's been it a release? in a bunch of those like package ones. Right, so it yeah. was also it I think the first proper English language release was in there was one that came, they re, did a 2.5D remake of it for the PSP called The Dracula X Chronicles which also I tried to play and it's I didn't really enjoy it compared to the original but I think that's my own bias but you the, they then made the original playable in that and then in subsequent like compilation games you can play it Yeah because I think they did a Castlevania compilation for the PS4 um during that that console's life cycle that had um had sympathy for the, of the night and um and uh rondo of blood in it yeah so yeah it's it's out there for sure but yeah it was a long time before you could actually get hold of it so when symphony of the night came out in 97 i've only played it on the playstation like it the prologue of symphony of the night is the 
ending is the last stage of Rondo of Blood. So like you get to play the last stage of Fight Dracula at the beginning and then that like sets up the story. But you're also like, where is this coming from? Why am I fighting Dracula now? <laughs> so it's just like <laughs> it's really odd that they did that, but also cool. And it's yeah, it's a very good Dracula story. Yeah, I, I like I like the lore around Castlevania. It's very silly. Yeah. Um, they just throw like you said they throw everything together um i yeah i just wish that the games were linear i don't like metroidvania games sorry internet yeah um it's all right there's enough of the linear ones out there that you can get your fix if you need to just so i don't Rondo of blood's games. linear I, oh is it oh, there's like a um there's a couple of like you can discover secret levels by going through a different exit but mostly it's linear linear oh, that's all right then um yeah i just don't like backtracking and doing stuff again but with new items and things i just get bored of that uh, you go back to like the beginning of the castle it takes you 20 minutes to get there and it's the same but there's like harder enemies in it now yeah and and then you get there and then you throw a bomb and it allows you to progress through the game because now you've got through a different passageway it's like because it's just giving me that passageway rather than making me backtrack through the whole game you bastards yeah. <laughs> but uh, if, if you ever get the listeners if you ever get the chance to play rondo of blood if you're around our age and like played platforming games as a kid you probably didn't come across this but it will be one of the most satisfying platform game experiences you can ever have it is it's a masterpiece a a quick video game recommendation for everybody, by the way. Um, I played a game called Rainbow Billy, and it is a thoroughly thoroughly pleasant game where you 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 go around between islands on a ship called the Friendship, and you make friends with little little creatures. Um, and there's no combat; everything's solved through dialogue. So it's like turn-based RPG combat, but it's they're called confrontations, and instead you sort of like try and recolor these these grayed-out characters. It's just a thoroughly pleasant, positive game. That sounds really and, good. Yes, it was a nice little a nice little game that I thoroughly enjoyed reviewing. Oh, cool! Send me the link to your review. I'll put it in the show notes. Oh yes, yeah, we'll do, we'll do. Um, anyway, so right, what are we so, talking about next? So next, um, I just had to get in my thing that's my eventual dream to make the Symphony of the Night movies when it happens. <laughs> so when it happens, I can refer back to this. It's interesting because my dream is to stop you from making the Symphony of the Night movie. It's going to be interesting. <laughs> well, then when that happens, you can refer back to it. <laughs> so yeah, right. Uh, up next, uh, we're going back to Robert Zemeckis. Oh, um, not into terrifying CGI nonsense, but instead oh. into terrifying human nonsense. Uh, we're going to be. I definitely watching... think a Christmas Carol counts as a horror film. <laughs> no, we're we're going to be watching What Lies Beneath. Mm. Yes, I've never seen it. Yes, it was it was everywhere when it came out, and then immediately disappeared. Yes, um, that is my recollection. <laughs> but it is it is an interesting movie, and it's got some very good names in it. Yeah, no, I'm I'm excited to see it excellent stuff yeah despite his his penchant for yeah horrible cgi i do think he's a good director and it looks like a good film i remember enjoying it but it has been several years since i last watched it probably a decade so um yeah be interesting to see how it's held up cool all right i'm I'm excited to see that well we hope you enjoyed watching byzantium or byzantium if you prefer to pronounce it that way it's up to you wrong (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but when you hear the adjective, people always say Byzantine, don't they? That's because they're idiots. 
Soz, soz people who pronounce words correctly. Get out. As we're both English masters. We can say how you can and can't pronounce things. Yeah, like um, the, Will Fort, who since last week has changed his name to Will Fort. To Will Fort, because we said it. Yeah. The, the answer is, pronounce things however you bloody want. Language is malleable. There's Pi- no right and wrong way. Byzantium is how I yeah. want to say it. Byzantium is how I'm going to say it. Byzantium is going to be my pie shop that I'm going to open. <laughs> Um, I'm going to have a um, a bakery called Aussie Flandius. Nice, nice. Did you just come up with that? I did. Sing on yes. that for a while. No, no, that is a off the cuff, um, off the cuff comment. Nice, I like that. So yeah, <laughs> hope you enjoyed Byzantium. Um, and there's a link in our show notes where you can give us money. You can email us bigboysdon'tcrypodcast at gmail dot com. You can tweet us bigboysdon'tpod, and we will be back next week to talk about. What lies beneath? Indeedy. Alrighty. Alright. Bye bye. Bye.